Acts chapter 27. Again, I'm going to preach from the same scriptures that I preached from last week, uh, but we're going a different route today. Acts 27 verse 1, And when it was determined that we should sail into Italy, they delivered Paul and certain other prisoners unto one named Julius, a centurion of Augustus' band. I want you to notice the first thing that it said was it was determined that we were going to go to Italy. If you remember back when Paul was converted and the Lord was talking to Ananias, uh, the preacher there on the, uh, in, in uh, Damascus, do you remember that occasion? Acts chapter number uh, 9 it was. If you want to turn there real quick, you can. Acts chapter number 9. I'm not going to try to keep you very long, okay? Acts chapter 9, verse 13. It says, Then Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard by many of this man how much evil he's done to the saints of Jerusalem. And here he hath authority from the chief priest to bind all that call on thy name. So Ananias was saying, Lord, I've heard the reputation of this guy. And I know what he's done in the churches in Jerusalem. And now he's come with that same authority here. And you want me to pray for him. Have you lost your mind? Has anybody ever asked the Lord if he's lost his mind? Anybody? Come on, you can be honest because the Lord, yeah. Lord, are you kidding me? Have you lost your mind? But the Lord said to him, go thy way for he is a chosen vessel unto me to bear my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. For I will show him how great things he must suffer for my name's sake. So then it says, now that is at his conversion. That is when Saul of Tarsus is knocked down on the road to Damascus. And he sees a great light. And this light blinds him. And he's laying there rolling around in the dust. And this light, he can't see anything but the light. And, and he says, who art thou, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom you're persecuting. And he said, well, what do you want me to do? And he said, I want you to go to the preacher named Ananias on Straight Street. Hopefully all preachers live on Straight Street. Hopefully all men and women of God live on Straight Street. Look at your neighbor and say, I live on Straight Street. Some of you are kind of wondering whether you're on that Straight Street or not. Straight Street, say that five times real fast. Yeah, yeah. I knew that wake up this row here. But the Lord said, I'm going to show him what things he's going to have to suffer for my name's sake. You can be in the will of God and be suffering. I knew you'd like this sermon today. You can be right smack dab in the will of God and be going through the worst trial of your life. And still be in the will of God. It was at one point where the Bible says that the Lord was getting ready to go up into a mountain to pray. And he looked at his disciples and he said, you guys head on over to Capernaum. Now I've been at the Sea of Galilee. Beautiful area. Lush and green. And the Sea of Galilee is actually just a large lake. But he was at, and he said... I want you to go to the other side. I'm going to pray and I will meet you on the other side. And we all know the story that 
as they removed themselves from the pier and the wharf, that they encountered a storm. And these guys that were in this ship, they weren't IT guys. They were sailors. They knew how to run the ship. These guys weren't accountants, and they weren't preachers, and they weren't laborers, and they weren't, uh, you know, contractors. They were sailors. They knew how to run the ship. But when this storm came up, they didn't know what to do. They were throwing stuff overboard to lighten the load. They were pulling the, the, the mast and the tiller back and forth to try to get control of the ship. And the waves were beating against the boat. And the wind was blowing them sideways. And, the, and they were rocking back and forth and probably taking on water. These guys knew what they were doing. They lived on this lake. They fished this lake. But the Lord said to them, I will meet you on the other side. So when he said that to them, can I have just a little bit more of me in here, Brother Dustin? When he, oh yes, hallelujah, I'm staying right up here. When he said that, that automatically stamped on that voyage that this trip across here from Caesarea or Tiberias to Capernaum is the will of God. He did not say that you would not encounter a storm. He just said, I'll meet you on the other side. He did not say, you go on to the other side because it's going to be smooth sailing for you. He just said, I'm going to meet you on the other side. So they were in the will of God because they did what He told them to do. Now I encounter people in my life that they tell me, yes, I am doing this because this is what God wants me to do. Okay. But then two or three months later, they're headed somewhere else. And then two or three more months later, they're headed somewhere else. Does God change His mind that fast? Does the will of God change that fast? My Lord, when you tell somebody it's the will of God, that's powerful words. But if it's the will of God... It's the will of God. And if he said, you're going to the other side, you're going to the other side. But what blows my mind is, I thought that when I got the Holy Ghost, everything was supposed to get smoothed out. Sometimes you get the Holy Ghost in Jesus' name in your life, things get rougher than they ever have been. Can I get a witness? How many times did you go through day after day of prosperity and loving the Lord to the best of your ability and everything was just wonderful. It was a sunshine and day, man. Everything was good. And somehow you got a hold of something and said, there's a little bit more to it. And the power of the Holy Ghost comes on you. And the power of Jesus' name gets on you. And lo and behold, after that, all hell breaks loose. So is it not the will of God just because hell broke loose? No, it might be the will of God, who hallelujah, that hell did break loose. It might be the will of God that hell did come against you. It might be the will of God that now you are a bona fide threat to the kingdom of darkness. 
Because when you're stuck in your easy chair of religion and you're just going through a routine, listen, you're no threat to anybody. But suddenly, when that Holy Ghost gets inside of you and wakes up a sleeping giant, look out, devil, here I come. Get ready, get ready, get ready. It was the will of God for Paul to go to Italy. He had to go stand in front of the leader of the world. He had to go stand in front of Caesar. So it's the will of God for him to go to Rome. Let's go on. When much time was spent and when sailing was now dangerous, because the fast was now already passed, Paul admonished them, Sirs, I perceive that this voyage will be with hurt and much damage, not only of the lading and the ship, but also of our lives. What, Paul? You're in the will of God and you're in a storm. You're in the will of God and you don't feel him. But sometimes we think that if we go to church and we live for God and we get the Holy Ghost and we get baptized, that it's supposed to be a rose garden. And that just blows our mind when a wave starts to rock our boat a little bit or when a wind starts to blow a different way than what we were supposed to have in our lives. Nevertheless, the centurion believed the master and the owner of the ship, and he said more than the things were which were of Paul. Let's go. And when the south wind blew softly, supposing they had obtained their purpose, loosing fence, they sailed close by Crete. Now here you go. That could have been a fleece. God, if you let a south wind blow, then it's time for us to go. So we set sail thinking that we're in the will of God. You are in the will of God. You are in the will of God, Paul. You've got to get to Rome. You've got to get to Italy. You've got to stand in front of Caesar. But the problem is there's nothing in between the time you left and the time you get there that tells you what's going to happen. You go to a graveyard and you see when he was born and when he died. And in between there's a dash, a hyphen. And if that hyphen could speak, what's your hyphen? going to say what's your hyphen going to say so they get a south wind oh pastor everything's going good i know i'm in the will of god everything's good everything's wonderful you're a good preacher i like your hairstyle hallelujah everything's good pastor and then somewhere between sunday and everything is good and Wednesday, your Ecladon shows up. And Tuesday morning, you're late for work. And you can't find your car keys. Because the kids were in your purse. And when you do finally find your car keys, you go out. And you put the key in the ignition, and it goes, da 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 Because one of the beautiful child's children left one of the doors open. And you can't afford one of those models that shuts all the lights off after a few minutes, so it ran your battery down. So now you're even later. And the problem was that your wife already went to work, so you have nothing to jump yourself with. You went to get that jump pack that you got from Rural King three years ago, and it doesn't work. Hallelujah. I speak from experience. And now you're really going to be late for work and you got a meeting and you got all this happening and suddenly bad thoughts come through your mind and bad words come out of your mouth. But lo and behold, just a day ago or two, the south wind was blowing and everything was fine and everything was all right and your wife loved you and you loved your wife and everything looked real good. But now your ecladon has showed up and the wind's blowing. Oh, it must not be the will of God. 
We are so easy. We are so easy. Talking to a businessman. I said, what is it that drives you? He said, I like the kill. I like the pursuit. You pursue it. You kill it. You can take it home with you or not, but what are you looking for? You're looking for the next pursuit. You're looking for the next transaction because it's in you. It's in you. But we are so easy when it comes to just falling over. We are so easy when it comes into changing our mind that it was the will of God for me to do this, and now after Eurekladon showed up, I don't know if it's quite the will of God or not, Brother Tracy. I don't know if I'm going to be able to make it. I don't even know if I'm going to be able to come to church tonight. My Lord, Brother Tracy, do you realize I got off work at 4 o'clock and I had to come home and I didn't have any, hardly any laundry, and hallelujah, and I didn't have anything to wear and all this stuff was going on? My Lord, Brother Tracy, it's busy around my house. And the kids come home when they got homework. And nobody cooked supper because I told Brother Tracy to lay a roast out last night and the joker didn't do it before he came to bed. But he remembered it about 1.40 when he was laying there almost asleep. Just about to fall off into the land of Nod. And suddenly, oh my Lord, I forgot to get the roast out. Huh. But the sheets were too warm. I'll just set out the chicken breast in the morning and it'll be all right. But then because you couldn't find the car keys and then you couldn't start the car because somebody left the door open the night before and nobody was there to jump you and the Royal King jump pack did not work. You forgot about the chicken, so there's nothing to eat tonight. So, Brother Tracy, I just don't think I'm going to be able to make it to church tonight. Oh, we are so easy. Because if we were getting ready to go to a ball game and we didn't have time to go eat, we'd just run through McDonald's and get some of that dollar slop off that menu and go on to our ball game. Because that ball game's okay. But when it comes to the kingdom of God, the devil just kicks us over a little bit and we say, Oh, I can't do it now. I just can't do it. I think it's too much. Oh, don't you wish I'd have preached about the love of Jesus today. But it was the will of God. And the wind caught the ship. We couldn't even steer into the wind and we just let go. Just let her ride. Just let her drive. Kids, just do what you want to do. I got a migraine. And you smell smoke and the kitchen's on fire. And the gallon of milk is tipped over and it's running down on the floor, the hardwood floor that you just cleaned 17 seconds ago. Do you ever notice that right after you clean the house, somebody's got to spill something in the kitchen? Can I get a witness? Is there anybody in the house? You just vacuumed the hardwood floors. If there's one problem I have with my mother, it was my cleaning training that she gave me. You know what I had every Saturday? You know what I did every Saturday? No, I didn't play Xbox or 360 and we couldn't even spell Atari. Tracy, when you get done dusting the living room furniture, you will make sure that your bed is kept straight and neat. I want you to go out and make sure. Now, we heated with wood stove, so we had wood on our front porch. And we lived in an open area. We it called, called it a glade. 
I called it Antarctica. You know why I hate snow? Because if we almost got 300 inches last year where I grew up. Last year, one season, 300 inches. My niece's Facebook status yesterday was a winter storm warning. I guess it's going to start to begin. And I had to put back. Thought about getting on the John Deere and mulching some leaves in the yard. I can't wait to see that response. And then I want you to go out and sweep the porch. And if there's not enough wood for the week, you need to carry that in. Now, that doesn't count because before that, I'm in the barn. No, it's not grain either, Illinois farmers. You got the manure spreader and the tractor on this side, and you got cow honeys on that side. But my mom trained me in cleaning. And so now at my house, honey, will you mop the hardwood floors? Oh, nobody. She says, looks at me and with that mop in her hand and the hardwood floor cleaner, and she sings, nobody does it better. Am I the hardwood floor cleaner? Can I get a witness? Yes. And just about the time that you get the last dirt out of that mop, somebody's got to be carrying into the kitchen a cookie and said, do you know so-and-so left this in the living room, which you're not supposed to, at our house, you don't eat in the living room, you don't eat in the family room, you eat at the kitchen. That's what the kitchen's for. And so they bring it in, eating the cookie in the kitchen and dropping crumbs all over my floor. I just did. Wants to just make me lose my mind up but when Eurekladon comes flying through our spiritual world, it knocks us all out of the Holy Ghost. Oh, I can't come to Wednesday night Bible study. I can't come to Saturday food pantry. I can't come to clean up. I can't do this. I can't do that. Because you know what? We're not driving anymore. Somebody else is driving our lives. And you know who is driving your you-know-what? The devil. You're letting the devil drive your life. You're letting circumstances and winds and your reclodon drive your life. When God said to Paul, you're going to go all the way to Rome. You're going to Italy, boy. Get your passport. It was the will of God. It still is the will of God. If this, I hope this is what you needed to hear because that's all you're hearing today. I try to preach about the love of Christ. I try to stay calm. I try to become more orthodoxical. I try to become a, a preacher that's not weird and laying in the floor and holding on to monitors. Let's read on because watch what happens here. We didn't see sun or stars for many days. And there was no small tempest lay on around us, and all hope that we would be saved was gone. It was taken away. I thought this was the will of God. These guys are thinking they're going to die. Before that, it was the will of God. Now you think you're going to die. It's the will of God, Brother Tracy, Pastor Tracy, that this is our church. This is Family Worship Center. It's our church. We love you. We love you. We, you are the greatest thing since sliced bread on a hot knife and melted butter. 
Brother Tracy, it is it. And then suddenly here in the here out of nowhere comes your Reclodon and he's wrecking your world, man. And now you don't know if it's the will of God or not. You think you're going to die. You're wondering how in the world, how in the world, how in the world. This shouldn't be like this. It, it, sh it shouldn't be like this. It shouldn't be like this suffering. I shouldn't have to be in shipwreck. I shouldn't. You know, they didn't take showers either, man. You think they had bathrooms on those boats? That wasn't the love boat. You remember the love boat? I was in love with Julie. Amen. How many of you other guys was loving with Julie? Me and Bernie. Tom, we'd all had to fight over her. This wasn't the love boat, man. But after a long time, Paul, I don't know whether Paul had to go pray, whether he had to go get some encouragement, whether he had to go get some confidence from God, or what happened, but after a long abstinence, he came back and he said, you know what? Listen to what I'm telling you. If you'd have listened to me the first time, we wouldn't even be in this mess. Let's go on. But he said, I I'm gonna want you to all be happy. For nobody's going to lose their life, but we're going to lose this ship. For an angel stood by me and said, everything's going to be all right. Today you've come to Family Worship Center and you're in the middle of some of your storms. And you are wondering, now I'm not trying to pick you out, but J Justin, let me tell you something. For a week after a mission generation started, you've been through a storm. I'm talking about the guy has his finances set up that he can come to mission generation and everything is going to be taken care of. And all he has to do is, is worry about concentrating, studying, and learning. And one week later, man, your Reclodon blows through his world. And the income that he thought he was getting, he ain't getting now. That guy's been scrapping steel and aluminum and copper. He's been tearing down old air conditioners to get enough money, A, for gas, and B, to pay his tuition. But my hat is off to him because in the middle of the storm, he's still standing because, you know what, devil? Weebles may wobble, but we do not fall down. If that would have been some of us, we'd have already thrown in the towel and went home and said it wasn't the will of God. When a month later, it was the will of God. Either you're in it or you ain't in it. Either you're in it with your all your heart, your soul, your mind, your strength, or you're not in it at all. You're just going through the motions. We call that a hypocrite. A hypocrite was an old word used for actors. Because they played the part of another. You just need the love of Jesus thing. We are talking about the love of Jesus. Your love for Jesus. How deep is your love? How deep is your love? I'm sorry. That's just how it is. It's just music in there. It just comes out at times. Paul said, it's going to be all right. The angel of the Lord stood by me, whom I am and whom I serve. I want to tell you now, if you're in the middle of your storm, some of you are hanging on to a board or a stinking broken piece of the ship. I just want to tell you one thing. You are still God's property. You are still His child. He still knows where you're at and He knows what you're going through. better go on. I ain't never going to get done. We'll be going to Ponderosa for the supper menu. Fear not, thou must. Listen to what he says. Fear not, Paul. Thou must be brought before Caesar. You're in the will of God. 
That's where we're at. We are right here in verse 24. Because this fat, balding, blonde-haired preacher is telling you right now, don't fear, don't worry, because you are right where God wants you to be. He's taking you through a storm, and He's taking you through a process that somehow, some way, when it's time, God's going to bring you out and give you exactly what you need for the place that He wants you to go. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, sirs, be happy. Just be happy. We're going to be on an island. I just want to let you know we're going to be on an island. Let's go on. Next one. Then fearing, lest we should have fallen upon rocks, they cast four anchors out of the stern and wished for the day. Anybody ever wish for the sunshine to shine? You ever wish for the sunshine to shine in your life and in your situation and in your circumstance? Now I'm going to make a really bold statement here. You may be in the midst of cancer and it may be the will of God. You may be in the midst of the doctor telling you there is no cure for it. And in five years, we will know what the next 15 will hold for you. And you may be smack dab in the middle of the will of God. Brother Tracy, I thought we were supposed to walk in health and prosperity. That's what the book says. But that doesn't always mean south winds always blow. Sometime your eclodon comes. You may be in the middle of the biggest spiritual battle of your life. You may be in the middle of the biggest spiritual journey of your life. And suddenly, in one split second of time, everything that you've built is gone like a blast of air. <laughs> Am I telling you the truth? And you're just looking for sunshine. And you're wondering, what in the name of God is he doing to me? What in the world? <sighs> Anybody ever been deep sea fishing? How smooth is it out there? My brothers went on a fishing trip off the New Jersey coast a long time ago. I wanted to go, but they said I was too little. And they got out there and got seasick. You know how much fishing they did for four or five hours? Not very much. You know how many times you can puke up a Hershey's kiss? I've never done it, but they told me you can do it a lot when you're out there on the water. See, they should have took me. If you bless Tracy, I will bless you. If you curse Tracy, I will curse you. You know I'm the baby of the family. So is Amy Joe too. Ha, hallelujah. But it ain't always easy out there on the water. It's not always a smooth ride. And then they were about to get out of the boat. Let's go on. They were going to get in a lifeboat and 
Paul said, if they don't stay in the ship, they're going to perish. Let's go on. And falling into a place where the two seas met, they ran the ship aground and the forepart stuck fast and remained unmovable, but the hinder part was broken in the violence of the waves and the soldiers' counsel was to kill the prisoners lest any of them should swim out and escape. My Lord, they're in the middle of a hurricane. You ever meet those people that come through your life and there's always something wrong with you because you're in the storm? Maybe you didn't hear that. I said, how about those people that come through your life and it's always your fault when you're in the middle of a storm? Buddy, you didn't do anything to it. All you did was got on the boat like he told you to get on the boat and here you are in a storm. Sometimes it ain't nobody's problem. Sometimes it's not anybody else's fault. But it's just life. Life happens on life's terms. Let's go on. But the centurion, willing to save Paul, kept them from their purpose and commanded that they which could swim should cast themselves first into the sea and get to land. Let's go on. And he said, the rest of you, some of you get on boards and some of you get on broken pieces of the ship. And just hang on. Yeah, you're laughing. But when you almost drowned at Waterworld, you ain't laughing, are you? And you're just wondering, what in the world am I doing here? What, what's going on? How many of you been to the ocean? How many of you have drank ocean water? How many of you have got ocean water in your eyes? and up your nose how about that isn't that a beautiful swimming experience that's what these guys are going through they're hanging on to a board or a piece of the ship and guess what they're trying to scream out in the darkness they don't have lights there's not street lights out there they're not able to see there's no lights on the boat or not there they didn't have any generators on the boat they are in darkness and they're screaming and while they're screaming I'm over here a big wave falls in their mouth and holy smoke they think they're going to drown and they try to open their eyes so they can see and you can't see anything because it's dark Oh, I'm talking to somebody today. You're trying to hang on with all you got. The last thing you need to do is not get in the ship. You got to be in church. Because if you don't stay in the ship, you will perish. But he said it was the will of God. It's the will of God for you to be here. You know that. That's why you came. And if he was easy, he'd have done left. He would have already left and said it must not have been the will of God. Either it is or it ain't. That's our choices. It's either the will or it's not the will. Yes or no. You guys know how you want to have that girl be your girlfriend? Andrew, you got a girlfriend? Somebody's telling on you. Will you go with me? Yes or no? And after a while, I had to modify my notes. Do not say maybe. Because they'd always put maybe. Not always. Once in a while, I get lucky. third and fourth grade 
But when they put maybe, that made me mad, Tommy. You know why? Because there was no commitment. Either you're going to be my girlfriend or you ain't. But either we're committed to him or we're not committed to him. Either we're in this thing or we're not in this thing. Well, Brother Tracy, I don't feel anything. You think those guys were feeling safe and sound right there hanging on to that board? You think they were feeling real secure when that wave of ocean water went down their throat? When they could hear their, body, their buddy screaming close to them and they're trying to reach for him, but they know they can't let go of the board they've got a hold of to save him. He's going to have to find his own board. Oh, that'll preach now. Guess what? You can't grab a hold of my board and save yourself. You've got to find your own board. You've got to find your own piece of the ship. You've got to find your own stage monitor. Hallelujah. You've got to find it and hang on for dear life. Because God said, I am going to send you all the way to Caesar. I'm going to send you to the biggest, baddest dog on the face of the earth, Paul. And you're going to tell him about my gospel. But before then, Paul, I want to show you one more thing. I can bring you out of your storm. I can bring you out of your reclodon. I can bring you out of anything that the world throws against you. Because, Paul, you're in my will. And I'm your God. And you are my child. Let's all stand. In the heat of the battle. And you don't know which way to turn. And you don't know what to do. I believe there was about a million people or so. That found themselves in that situation. Because the night before they had just been delivered from their slavery. Of 400 years in Egypt. And now they're standing in front of the Red Sea. And they've got a mountain on this side. And they've got a mountain on that side. Sister can you want to. Do something there. You know, read my mind. And now the army's pursuing you. He wants to take you back. He wants to take you right back. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You okay, son? You need me? You need me? He wants to take you right back. Oh, I wanted to do this for a long time. Hallelujah. He wants to drag you right back to where you just escaped from. He wants to wind you up and tangle you all up and say, you know what? Preacher doesn't love you. Yes, I do. Family worship center doesn't love you. You just might as well go on back. And you know what? Here the children of Israel are and they're crying and they're weeping because they've just been free for 12 or 14 hours. And now the Egyptians are coming back. And Moses is there and he says, okay, God, you told me to do this. Now, what are we going to do now? And you know what the Lord says? He says just a couple words, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. You know what the word of the Lord is for you this morning? Stand still. Don't make any hasty decisions. Don't make any th rash decisions. You just stay right where you're at and you tread water. But you don't know what I'm going through, Brother Tracy. I may not know what you're going through, but, buddy, I treaded water for years and years and years. I went to church and nobody liked me. I went to church and my boss didn't like me. Ah. And she had a dream. 
three years before she had a dream in about 2001 and she told me her dream and at that point I said oh I don't know about that honey I think you've been eating too many tacos because you like Mexican food almost every day but when it was all said and done three years later when it came to pass the dream was right on So what did you do for those three years between the dream and it coming to pass? I just hung on. I just hung on. How did you feel? Sorry, I felt like hell. I didn't like it. I felt like I was living in hell most of the time. I felt like I tried to do something, and every time I tried to do something, it never was good enough. But you know what? We don't operate by what we see, and we don't operate by what we feel, and we don't operate by anything else but one thing. We operate by faith. I know he called me, and I know that he said I'm going to go see Caesar, and I might be right now hanging on to a piece of a board but I'm telling you he said I was going to Rome and I am going to Rome one way or the other I'm going to Rome do you ever feel like just letting go of the board just letting the undercurrent suck you under. They say when you drown, I don't know, I haven't talked to many people that have drowned after they've drowned. But they say it's kind of like getting high. I don't know. Never been high. Hallelujah. I'm going to stay that way. How about that? Pastor's going to stay drug free. Can I get a witness out there? Are you happy about the pastor being drug free? But there's that undercurrent, you think, you know, if I just let go and I let it suck me under, I'm going to be out of my misery. Yeah. But I'm not going to fulfill my call. I'm not going to fulfill the purpose. Because he said, you got to go to Caesar's. I got to take you to the biggest throne in the world I don't feel anything brother Tracy keep coming to church I don't know if I'm too committed brother Tracy keep coming to church maybe we've been watching too much ESPN and not coming to church enough telling you I'm on to something there when you can't come to church because that joker never set out to chicken breast or the roast but you can run through McDonald's and grab a quick bite and go to the ball game
Well, Brother Tracy, you don't understand. Well, we had a lot of this in St. Louis. You don't understand, Brother Tracy. It is my brother's second cousin's boyfriend's mother's uncle's mailman that's having a birthday. And so we won't be able to be at church. And I said, can you give me that genealogy one more time? Because you lost me. I think I was Ray Stevens and I'm my own grandpa. How many 4th of July's, Sister Amy? How many 4th of July's did we go cooking a greasy cook shack, making money for youth trips? We didn't begrudge it. We just did it. That was part of the job. That was part of it. Do you know when Youth Congress was? August 8th. You know when my anniversary was? August 8th. It don't get much more romantical than to spend your anniversary with 65 teenagers. You know how much sugar I got on some of those anniversaries? None. But you know what? I was just hanging on to a piece of the ship. I was just hanging on to a board. Because I knew he told me, I got something for you to do. Now, I don't know who you are, and I'm sorry that Dave had to leave. I was going to use him for an illustration, and I still am. I had people this past week saying, I am so glad that Dave got that off his chest. I am praying for them. I am praying. We had families praying, and we're going to pray for the Price family. But I'm going to tell you something. When you, when you turn a car lot into a Holy Ghost watering hole, you don't think the devil's just going to sit there and not let the south and let the south winds just keep blowing and it's everything's going to be all right and we're just going to pray him through to the Holy Ghost and Aaron Davis is going to go get his mom and dad and then they're going to go get Jeanette and Emily and Morgan and, and Dan and Courtney. You don't think the devil's just going to sit around and just let that all happen without a fight? He's going to fight you. He's going to send anything he can to blow your ship off course. And there's going to be times when all you can do is just let her dry. Uh But I'm still hanging on. I'm still holding on. That's that old song, isn't it? We're going to sing this old song. If you want to pray, you can pray. I know it's late, but it's all right. If we had to stay here to 4 o'clock and make it to heaven and have a successful journey with Jesus Christ, I'd do it, wouldn't you? Huh? Listen, I was born to eat. I was made to eat. Yeah, can't you tell? But I'm going to tell you something. If I want, any, if I want anything, I want the will of God. And if I want anything, I want success in the, in the kingdom for me. Amen? Oh, let's sing it now. I'm singing peace. Anybody need to pray? It's peace. Peace. 